Elizabeth, Queen of England, has passed away this week at the age of 96. The UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson has now retired and is being replaced by Liz Truss, and Hillary Clinton has announced that she will never again run for president in the United States. That and much more today on Pep Talk. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Pep Talk. We are very happy you are here today. We have a lot of important news. And we're going to start off by talking about the unfortunate passing of Queen Elizabeth. According to NPR News, she died at the age of 96 and died peacefully in her estate in the Scottish Highlands. Now, before I get much more into this, I just want to say that I'm not going to cover much about this topic. I just wanted to bring it up very briefly uh, because you all probably already know that this has happened. But in case you didn't, I thought I'd talk about it just a little bit so you have some context to what's happening. So Queen of England, Elizabeth, has died uh, and her son Charles, who was 73, is now king and will be known as King Charles III. And in a statement about the death of his mother, he said, quote, The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms, and the commonwealth, and by countless people around the world, end quote. And also in the UK, their Prime Minister Boris Johnson has retired and is now being replaced by Liz Truss. So uh, Liz Truss is the fourth Prime Minister since 2016, according to ABC News, and she's the third female Premier ever. In her first speech from the 10 Downing Street, the Prime Minister's official residence, Truss said that her predecessor was a, quote, hugely consequential Prime Minister and praised him. And then she went on to say, quote, I'm honored to take on this responsibility at a vital time for our country adding that she was determined to deliver. Now, she said that her three priorities as prime minister were economic growth, tackling the energy crisis, and improving the National Health Service. And we're going to get back to the energy crisis here in a second, but I'd also just like to add that Truss, who uh, previously worked in Johnson's cabinet, was the foreign uh, secretary. And so she will now be taking his place as prime minister. But getting back to what she said earlier, uh, there's this energy crisis in Europe, and this crisis is essentially a result of Russia cutting off its gas supplies to Europe. And essentially the reasoning behind this cutting off of the gas to Europe is because of the West sanctions on Russia. According to CNBC, Europe has been thrown into its biggest energy crisis in absolute decades with natural gas supplies from Russia becoming volatile and unpredictable even before the invasion of Ukraine began. But now those supplies have come to a complete halt. So, Basically, in a nutshell, what's happening here is Russia has been providing gas to Europe, and that's how they get a lot of their energy. But the West has, you know, not been fond of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We've seen that quite a lot. And as a result, one of the ways we've tried to punish Russia is by imposing sanctions. And Russia obviously doesn't like sanctions or being sanctioned. And so in trying to like kind of punch back against the West, they're going to be cutting off all of their gas supplies to Europe which is causing a huge energy crisis. And that is something that Liz Truss is going to have to be dealing with as the UK's new prime minister. And when uh, asked by reporters if the Kremlin were to regain or continue to put gas back into Europe after the sanctions were either relaxed or removed, they said that, yes, of course they would. So essentially right now they're just blocking off the gas in an effort to kind of get these sanctions to be removed. Uh, possibly either because they're suffering immensely from these sanctions or because they just simply don't like the idea of 
the West kind of fighting back against Russia. Uh, either way, they are cutting off the energy to Europe, and which is causing a major, major issues over there. But apparently will not do that anymore if the West were to remove or relax some of its sanctions. But that's all we know of that for right now. And hopefully it gets better before it gets worse. But in other news, kind of coming back here to the U.S., Hillary Clinton, who ran in 2016 against former President Donald Trump, says that she will never again run for president. So for those of you who were worrying about her running in 2024 or who were excited about her running in 2024, I'm uh, sorry to say that she will not be running again for president in 2024. According to The Hill, uh, Clinton said that she will not be running for president ever again, but that, quote, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, that we have a president who respects our democracy and the rule of law and upholds our institutions. Uh, Clinton then went on to say that former President Donald Trump uh, does not actually fit into that category and that, quote, he should be soundly defeated, end quote, if he ever runs again. And then she kind of goes on to say that, quote, it should start in the Republican Party, grow a backbone, stand up to this guy, end quote. So we've kind of heard this rhetoric before, right? We we heard last week in President Biden's speech to the, the nation that former President Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican supporters are the essentially the biggest threat to American democracy that there is right now because they don't believe in election results and because they're trying to, they're apparently uprooting our democracy from within and everyone needs to kind of come together in some, some weird form of unity in order to oppose uh, Donald Trump and his millions and millions of supporters. And a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, that's not what Biden was really saying. And, uh, and really that's not true. If you go and listen to just any part of the speech, you can clearly hear him say over and over again, that former president Donald Trump and his quote, MAGA Republicans are a major threat to our democracy. But then kind of some other people are arguing, well, what does he mean by MAGA Republicans? And the fact of the matter is no one really knows. He doesn't really define MAGA Republicans, but it kind of comes, it very clearly comes off as Donald Trump and his supporters as being a threat. And with that, people are saying, well, you know, I mean, that's it, not really a widespread belief among the Democratic Party. It's it's just kind of, you know, the, the very, very left thinking that. And that's actually not true either because Many Senate Democrats are backing Biden's betrayal of Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans as a threat to this democracy. And so according to Fox News, there are uh, these three senators I want to read quotes from that are all Democrats saying that essentially they agree with all with what Biden said, calling Trump and MAGA Republicans a threat to America and our democracy as it is right now. So we have Senator Ben Cardin saying, quote, I certainly agree that those who have denied the legitimacy of the last election or called the insurrection of January 6th anything other than what it was, I think they are running a risk to our democratic institutions, end quote. And then we have another Democratic senator, Ron Wyden, saying, quote, he's made it very clear that what he's talking about is the fact that there are, regrettably, movements in this country that are challenging the validity of the right of our citizens to vote, end quote. And yet again, we have a third senator named Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut saying, quote, those contrasts are very fair to draw. And there's so much at stake, particularly with Donald Trump endorsed candidates seemingly prevailing in so many states, end quote. So uh, as you can see there, President Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Senate Democrats, all of these Democrats are saying that Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy. And whether you believe that is true or not, that is what they are saying. And... Unfortunately, while those in power are calling the former president and his supporters a threat to democracy, 
there are problems plaguing our country right now and that are remaining unresolved. For instance, more migrants have died trying to cross the border this fiscal year than literally ever before. And I know that I mentioned Fox News earlier before, and I'm going to be play fair. So according to CNN, a record number of migrants have died crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. CNN reports that since October 1st, which marks the start of the fiscal year, there have been a total of 748 deaths, a Homeland Security official told CNN, uh, with the month left still to go in the fiscal year. That's up from 557 Southwest border deaths during the fiscal year of 2021, the previous record. And this comes as more migrants than ever before have attempted to enter the country illegally. According to NBC News, the number of undocumented immigrants crossing at the southwest border once again broke records in May of this year. CBP stopped migrants at the southwest border of the U.S. more than 239,000 times in May. Though this includes migrants who attempted to cross more than once, so keep that in mind. But the number of individual migrants who actually attempted to cross the border was 157,555. That's up 2% over April's previous record high. And as we can see, there's just, that's a huge issue that's not being discussed enough, but rather those in power are worried about midterms and future elections and trying to cast the former president and his supporters as a threat to American democracy. That is their words, not mine. And meanwhile, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom is, can, is asking its California residents to restrict their electrical usage due to the city's power grid struggling to keep up with demand. So this is another issue that I feel like it's not being talked about enough and has some dire ramifications, especially with the legislation that was passed just very uh, recently in the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to read this tweet. California Governor Newsom tweeted uh, on Tuesday saying, quote, we are now in a flex alert. What does that mean? We all need to conserve as much energy as possible during this record-breaking heat wave. Here's what to do until 9 p.m. tonight. Set thermostats to 78, turn off unnecessary lights, and avoid using any large appliances. End quote. So, just set the record straight. Essentially, as we all know, it is very, very hot right now in California. It is hotter than normal. And apparently, our power grid is straining to keep up with the heavy demand that its residents are demanding of it. And Governor Gavin Newsom is asking us, essentially, as residents of California, to avoid using large appliances, to turn off our lights, and to restrict using our thermostat. But this is kind of odd when just recently California enacted new legislation requiring all cars sold in the state to be electric by 2035. So, we, right now, we have a weak slash broken electrical grid because we don't have enough power to sustain the demand. Yet, at the very same time, you have a requirement for electrical vehicles to be sold, only electrical vehicles to be sold in 2035 and after, which will further weaken the electrical grid. So, it, it really doesn't make too much sense how this is going to work or how badly this will end up. Will the power grid be able to sustain all the power necessary? We don't know. Or... Will it break like the cast of Olivia Wilde's upcoming film, Don't Worry Darling? Olivia Wilde, uh, if you don't know, is an American actress and director of the upcoming film, Don't Worry Darling. And uh, the cast uh, in the film has experienced a lot of drama surrounding the film. And so this is interesting for several reasons. Uh, the actor Shia LaBeouf 
was apparently saying that he quit, whereas the director, Olivia Wilde, said that she had fired him. And although that isn't very interesting in itself, uh, the movie's lead actor, Florence, is also rumored to have been having a falling out with its director uh, during the production of the film. And again, I don't really care for that much either, but it's just kind of giving you context to show you that there is a lot of controversy already surrounding the production of this film that's coming out. But drawing even more controversy and something that I find to be very important, Olivia Wilde has said that the villain in the film was based off of the real-life Jordan Peterson. So, according to Newsweek, quote, We based that character on this insane man, Jordan Peterson, who is a pseudo-intellectual hero of the incel community, Olivia Wilde said. They're basically disenfranchised, mostly white men who believe that they are entitled to sex from women, and they believe that society has now robbed them, that the idea of feminism is working against nature, and that we must be put back in the correct place, end quote. Wilde later added, quote, This guy, Jordan Peterson, is someone that legitimizes certain aspects of their movement because he's a former professor. He's an author. He wears a suit. So they feel like this is a real philosophy that should be taken seriously. And uh, Jordan Peterson, for those of you who don't know, is essentially a clinical psychologist from Canada who is a professor at the University of Toronto. And he rose to fame after having an, an issue with the Canadian government mandating or requiring the use of one's personal pronouns, a.k.a. Bill 16, C-16. He is also a New York Times bestselling author with his book, 12 U... 12 Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos. And so essentially, um, this is not the first time Jordan Peterson has been cast in this light. There was actually a Marvel comic earlier this year, uh, a Red Skull comic that had Red Skull, this Nazi, uh, Nazi monster in the Captain America universe, essentially saying things like, that Jordan Peterson would say, like, clean your room or 10 rules for, for life, blah, blah, blah. Like they were directly like quoting his work in this character. And so with this movie coming out, essentially Olivia Wilde is saying that the villain is based off this psychologist. And you may have your own opinions about Jordan Peterson, but to me, I, I do think it is newsworthy to know that a, a movie villain is going to be based off a psychologist who has issue with the current transgender movement, pronoun usage, that sort of thing. So you may agree with that. You may think that that, that makes sense uh, or others may say that doesn't really make much sense. That's a little crazy. But either way, I thought I'd bring that uh, to your attention because I found it newsworthy. But other than that, that's all I have for you today. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode. I promise these episodes will get better each and every week. But I thank you for staying with me and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. So thank you so much and I will see you next Friday on Pep Talk. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.